Hallelujah. Are you ready for the presence and the wonderful time in God's word? Are you sure? I'd like to take this opportunity to appreciate my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for loving me and considering me worthy to be used of him to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Beyond that, I would also like to appreciate the leadership of Sons of Virtue Ministries for this great opportunity to partner together as we share the gospel and I acknowledge every minister, every worker within Sons of Virtue, Yves G. Gorbachev, and all the pastors here, Pastor Kevin and your wonderful wife, Pastor Bill, I appreciate you so much. And all the amazing ministers, Gorbachev, thank you for your service for everyone. Hallelujah. Today is a special day because God is going to do something amazing in your life. Praise the Lord. And you're going to be refreshed greatly in his presence. I, I requested my brother to stay. If you just stay there, I like, uh, I like you there. I appreciate you. And I just want you to be there for some time as we learn God's word. Praise the Lord. The Spirit of God is going to do something great today in your lives. And I want you to be expectant. Praise God. Because he's going to do something great. That will, you will remember this day in your diary or in your calendar. If any, does it make sense to remember it in your diary and your calendar? Yeah. All right. Good. You'll remember it. Because God is going to do something great. The precious Holy Spirit is present with us we no longer say holy spirit thou art welcome in this place we say holy spirit thou art present in this place because you are the temple of the holy ghost praise the lord he's a wonderful comforter and today he will comfort you beyond your greatest pain he will love you beyond your deepest heart and he will embrace you beyond your greatest rejection hallelujah he is a wonderful God the Lord put it in my heart to share with you today uh, and for those who are watching if you've never seen me before my name is Peter Chalo and um, I together with my wife and an amazing pastor Mboko Karyuki serving the ministry called fulfilling life in Christ koinonia which the acronyms mean flick which means we are on flick Praise God. Yeah, we are on flick, like we are cool like that. Praise the Lord. But basically, we are an interdenominational teaching ministry focused on preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. His life, death, burial, resurrection, and glorification through teaching meetings, interact interactive Bible study, and also some content creation with the aim of enlightening people on the finished works of Jesus Christ and the effects that are bound in the life of a believer. We believe that the purpose of the scriptures is to bring a person to an end called salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. We believe that the Christian's identity is found in the unsearchable riches of Christ, which are availed by grace and received by faith. We also believe in the diligent study and exposition of the scriptures to provide evidence for all biblical assertions and we believe that Jesus Christ is a central theme of the Bible and we, endeavor to to, we, and we endeavor to emulate the apostles' model of teaching. Praise the Lord. That's a bit about Flick. 
If you ever want to plug into a Bible study, if you're in Nairobi, a place where you can learn and grow in God's word, we always meet every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. at Uchumi Hyper on Langata Road. Praise God. And soon we will have a church and you are all invited to be participants, servants, members, ministers, whatever place you feel comfortable. Amen. All right, time to get into the word of God. I'll try to rush as quickly as possible. Time might not allow me to do much, but we will do our level best. We set the theme from Psalms 147 verse 3, which says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That is a very fundamental passage in the word of God because the healing and the binding up of their wounds was the promise of Christ's coming. It was the promise of Christ's coming. But I realized that Christ came and he was glorified and he was received by many. But there are still those that are hurting today. Praise God. There are still those that cannot enjoy the full joy of salvation. When was the last time you were genuinely happy as a Christian? When was the last time you just celebrated without any care, without any worry or doubt, that you were just glad to know Jesus and that you could celebrate the joy of salvation? I realize that this sometimes is not an easy thing for believers to do because they are caught up in something called an entanglement. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They're caught up with so many cares and burdens or things in the world. Praise the Lord. And if you're caught up in an entanglement, it might push you to be so angry and you might slap somebody. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You didn't get the joke. For those who got it, praise God bless you. <laughs> All right. Cool. Anyway, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on into the world, received up into glory. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. If there is any summary of Christ's ministry, First Timothy 3.16 gives you that understanding it says and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit or proven to be who he was by the Holy Ghost seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles believed on in the world and received up in glory and that scripture contains volumes of the Christian experience volumes of what Jesus actually came to do for us praise God I always make it my aim to lay a foundation first of what we believe as the gospel hallelujah without controversy great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, and believed on into the world and received up in glory. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. 
praise the Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful statement that is. Beautiful indeed. Because it gives us a summary of the very life of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 1. Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. So what was the gospel preached? Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, and then of the twelve, and after that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and of last he was seen of me also, as one born out of due time. That the gospel is centered around the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of the kingdom is to testify about Christ, that he came in the flesh, that he dwelt amongst men, that he was crucified, that he died and he was buried, and that he resurrected and he was seen of witnesses, and he was glorified. That is the gospel. You can never preach the gospel without preaching Jesus. Praise the Lord. You can never preach the gospel without talking about Jesus. He is the message. He is the good news. He is the one that we talk about. And by preaching the glad tidings, it brings joy to the soul. It brings gladness to the heart when we talk about Jesus. Praise the Lord. We don't preach about ourselves. We don't preach about our belongings. We don't preach about our possessions. But we talk about Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For in it is the power of God revealed unto salvation. For in it is the revelation of the righteousness of God from faith to faith. The gospel was about Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. I believe in Acts 20, 32, Paul says when he, there was a prophecy given about Paul that he was supposed to die. And he said that none of these things move me, but that I may fulfill my purpose, which is to testify, that I may fulfill my cause, that I may fulfill my purpose, which is to, which is to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Hallelujah. So the gospel is about Jesus. And from Jesus we have received grace for grace, fullness of grace. John testified in the account of John chapter 1 that we have seen his glory such as only of the begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. That when you looked upon Jesus, you saw grace and truth. Hallelujah. What a beautiful Savior that we have. And so, His coming was one that brought so much joy. Hallelujah. His coming was one that brought gladness and celebration. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 verse 14, when the angels appeared, to the wise men that there suddenly appeared a host in the heaven 
and they sang glory to God in the highest and on the earth peace goodwill to all men can you can you listen to that that when Jesus was born there were angels that appeared a host of angels and angels were singing you know when we say that so and so sings so beautifully we say oh she sings like an angel now these were real angels and they appeared in a host of them, a company, probably a sound that has never been heard before, a choir that has never been heard before. The kind of sound that they produced must have been so beautiful. The greatest music you could ever hear, beautiful to the ears. And the words that they said make it even better. They said glory to God on the highest and on the earth, peace, goodwill toward men that Jesus' coming promised peace and goodwill toward men. It was all filled with good intentions. Praise the Lord. His coming was filled with good intentions for you. If you were broken hearted, his coming was filled with good intentions for you. If you were troubled and dismayed, if you had never had peace, the Bible says glory to God in the highest and on the earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I love Jesus. I love him so much. His word says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 to 41. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 to 41. Peter was giving a testimony and an account. And he says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him and we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem whom they slew and hanged on a tree him God raised up the third day and showed him openly not to all people but unto witnesses chosen before God even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. That Jesus went about doing good. Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. It means that Jesus' birth was announced by good expectations. That Jesus' birth, angels appeared and said glory to God in the highest and on the earth peace and goodwill to all men. His birth, his arrival the life he lived in the flesh Peter gives an account of it he says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil that Jesus went about doing good healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him are you oppressed Jesus went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He went about doing good. It means that there is no oppression that is greater than the power of Jesus to save, to deliver, and to free you. There is no broken heart that Jesus can never bind up. Praise the Lord. There is no pain that is greater than the good that Jesus can bring into your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, my life is beautiful. Say, my life is wonderful. Because I have Jesus. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 53, 
gives an account of his death. I have told you about his birth, his life, and now his death. Isaiah says, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we shall desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Listen to that about Jesus. That Jesus is despised. He is not esteemed. The reason why we are brokenhearted is because we have been despised. We have not been esteemed. It's because sometimes we don't feel beautiful. It's because sometimes you don't feel that you look nice. The Bible says, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we shall desire him. Have you been looked upon and people say there is no beauty that should be desired of you? There's no beauty in your life. There's nothing beautiful about you. Or maybe you have been so wounded and broken that you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I am not, not beautiful. Then Jesus took it up for you. He endured it for you. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, He hath no form nor comeliness, that his appearance was not one that was majestic or desirous, as Pastor Billy mentioned earlier. If it is because of how you have felt that your appearance and your form has no comeliness and no, nothing special about you, Jesus took that for you. Hallelujah. Then the Bible says, He hath borne our griefs. He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He hath borne our griefs. He hath borne. He has taken them up upon himself. Griefs and sorrow. Have you been in grief? And have you been sorrowful? Have you been sorrowful? Has your heart been broken that you have been sorrowful? That you have had grief in your life? Is it an event or an, something that happened in your life that has made you have grief, praise the Lord, that has made you have sorrow? Beloved, Jesus took these things for you. So we have no reason to carry the grief. We have no reason to carry the sorrow because somebody else carried the grief and carried the sorrow for you. He has taken it upon himself to carry your grief and sorrow. That's why you were never meant to carry grief and sorrow. Praise God. Jesus has taken it up for you. He has carried, he has borne our griefs. He has carried away our sorrows. You can actually look at a direction and say goodbye my sorrows Jesus has carried you away he has carried your sorrows are you sorrowful are you always lamenting and talking about your pain hey see Jesus has, has, has carried it away Jesus has carried away your sorrow hallelujah how beautiful a savior we have his word says yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and afflicted when we looked at Jesus we considered him stricken smitten and afflicted have you been afflicted 
by disease? Have you been afflicted by trouble and pain? Jesus has been afflicted. He has been smitten. He has been stricken. Every bad thing that you would ever think of, Jesus took it upon himself on your behalf. Praise the Lord. That's why the Bible now says he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Beloved, have you been wounded? Have you been wounded? Have you been wounded? Did somebody wound you? You've been carrying wounds and it's been altering the outcome of your life. Because I see this every day and it's a long journey. I usually say something, I usually say it's not about people meeting. It's about them managing to get to courtship. So it's not about dating, it's about getting to courtship. And it's not about getting to courtship, it's about getting married. And it's not about getting married, it's about staying in the marriage. And it's not about staying in the marriage, it's about staying in the marriage joyful and happy. And all these different levels, people never get to them because they are wounded. They are wounded. You know, there was a time many years ago, I remember we were serving in a church and I reached out to one of the pastors who was in charge of uh, premarital and I asked him, sir, could we have a program to help people before they get into premarital? Because I felt premarital counseling was only eight weeks and I felt he didn't do justice for years of pain. I said, can we have something? So we can just help people walk through these things that they don't know that they are carrying. Because we would see people, they would meet and they would be so happy the first few days. But slowly as the wounds begin to manifest, they can no longer coexist together. Jesus has been wounded on your behalf. We have no reason to be carrying wounds day by day. Praise the Lord. We have no reason to be afflicted. No reason to carry sorrows in our life. Praise the Lord. The Bible says we did esteem him stricken, smitten, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Then the Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. All our iniquities have been laid upon him. You have no reason to be guilty. Because our iniquities have been laid upon Jesus. There's no reason of you trying day by day in your Christian walk to fix things by yourself. Your iniquities have been laid upon Jesus. When you make mistakes, beloved, he says, your iniquities have been laid upon me. Because that is the intercessory ministry of Jesus Christ. The, the, when we say that he intercedes, it's not that he prays every day. It's that he stands in that place of intercession where on your behalf, he's able to say, justified. That no accusation can be laid upon you. Because God has laid upon him the iniquity of our soul. Praise the Lord. 
The Bible says he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off the land of the living. He was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make him soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. How many things have happened to Jesus on your behalf? If it is oppression, he was oppressed, the Bible says. If it is affliction, he was afflicted, the Bible says. If it was as if to turn God's face away from him that he experienced and he was cut off out of the land of the living. Praise the Lord. That's why the Bible says he shall see of the travail of his soul and he shall be satisfied. That means he will see the fruit of his suffering and he will be satisfied. We are the fruit of his suffering. Praise the Lord. We are the fruit of his suffering. We are the fruit. We are the travail of, we are the fruit of the travail of his soul. He went through it so that he could produce a free, healthy, joyful, and oppressed, not oppressed, but somebody who's not oppressed, individual who is able to walk in the freedom that is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And Jesus was buried. He was buried. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. That he was buried. That Jesus died and he was buried. And so were you buried with him. You identified with his burial. Romans chapter 6 verse 3 to 4 says, do you not know? Romans chapter 6 verse 3 to 4. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. That you might walk in the newness of life. So you were buried with Jesus. All your troubles, all your issues, oh my goodness. What is your past like? Praise the Lord. What kind of past do you have? Is your past so, so visual, so graphic? It was buried with Jesus. And you have no reason to boast or to glory on your past. Praise the Lord. It sounds ridiculous when I say you have no reason to glory and boast in your past. But actually people glory and boast even in their shame. We have elevated our experiences above God's word, above God's 
affirmation, above God's testimony, above God's account concerning your life. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. We have no reason to exalt our pain and our experiences above God's love. That's why we were buried with him. It means that all things that may have experienced in our lives, they were buried with him. They were buried with him. Praise the Lord. And so, we walk in the newness of life, and that is the reality of the resurrection. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. So we live now by the faith of the Son of God, who loved himself and gave himself for us. We live. We live now because of the new identity that we have in Christ Jesus. We live now because of the new birth, because of the regeneration that has happened in our spirit man. We live now because we are married to him. Praise the Lord. Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Say, I am born again. Say, I am born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 14 says, For since we, all, we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring him those who have fallen asleep. Praise the Lord. Romans 8.11 says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. Wonderful. If the Holy Ghost raised Jesus from the dead, he also will give life. He will quicken your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So you are alive because of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. John 11, 25 to 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. John 6, 40 says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on that last day. We have eternal life. 1 Corinthians 6.14 says, And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Hallelujah. That's why Romans chapter 8 verse 34 says, Who is to condemn us? Who is to condemn us? Christ Jesus is the one who died. So if there's any condemnation, you died when Jesus died. Who is to condemn a dead man? Can you take a corpse to a court of law to condemn it? Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. And he died for us all. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. So why the theme, he heals the broken heart? 
because the heart is such a critical part of who you are and it requires healing for you to live the life that God desired of you praise the Lord because the first thing that you need to know about your heart is it is the place where we find faith it is the place where we believe in Jesus Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved hallelujah if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved which one comes first you hear the message it enters your heart and you confess praise the Lord so the heart is important because with the heart we believe we believe on Jesus not only do we believe on Jesus but we believe on the report of the Lord we believe it when we hear the preachers that were here telling us about God's love and great grace toward us therefore with the heart we believe but if you have a broken heart you will not be able to believe we will tell you but you will not believe it we will tell you that you are precious and that you are valued and still you will not believe it hallelujah you will not believe it so the heart is important because with the heart we believe praise the Lord with the heart we trust why are you not able to trust because you have a broken heart are you able to trust the Lord Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 to 6 says trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding Proverbs 3 verse 5 trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding how can you trust him if the very thing that is supposed to be important for trusting is broken first Samuel chapter 16 verse 7 the Bible says but the Lord said to Samuel do not consider his appearance or height for I have rejected him the Lord does not look at the things people look at people look at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart why was David appointed king because of his heart praise the Lord because of his heart but the Lord found a heart that was pleasing before him praise the Lord Proverbs 4 verse 23 says above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it the issues of life praise the Lord now let me explain the issues of life does not mean that you have issues praise God somebody say amen the issues of life does not mean that you have issues all right when someone is injured and blood is oozing out of him we usually ask where does the where is the blood issuing from all right are we together where is it issuing from where is it coming from praise the Lord praise God do you understand me blood is issuing out of the arm or blood is issuing out of the nose are we together so to issue means to come from or it's coming from praise the Lord secondly we also talk about issues like a magazine issue a newspaper issue a certain kind of issue praise praise the Lord so we're not talking about problems here so when the Bible says guard your heart above all else for everything do flows from it or the issues of life 
for out of it cometh the issues of life that life proceeds from your heart praise God life proceeds from the heart that's why God is interested in the heart if your heart is broken I can guarantee you life will not come from your heart life will not proceed from your heart it will be death when you open your mouth it will be death praise the Lord Matthew chapter 12 verse 31 to 37 Jesus says wherefore I say unto you all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men and whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man it shall be forgiven him but whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost it shall not be forgiven him neither in this world neither in the world to come either now listen this is the part I want us to focus either make the tree good and his fruit good or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt for the tree is known by his fruit Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks there is a treasure in your heart praise the Lord there is a treasure a treasure is something that you value and that you cherish praise the Lord so you store it how many of you have ever seen a treasure stored in the open I have gold and I am storing it on this stage do I do that where do I keep my treasure hidden right hidden so when the bible is talking about the good treasure of a man's heart it's talking about the innermost part of your heart that deep within your heart you can give us fake pleasantries hallelujah praise the lord brother garbage how are you doing today the lord is good but when the innermost treasures of my heart when my, when the innermost parts are triggered the true treasure will come forth whether it is good or bad I will be known by my fruit. I just need to be stretched a bit. And boy, oh boy, the true treasure in my heart will come forth. So if my treasure is bad, the abundance of it will proceed from my mouth. And my mouth will speak profanities. My mouth will speak death. So the issues of my heart will be death. Praise the Lord. The issues of my heart will not be life-giving words but words that destroy your self-esteem. Praise God. There are churches you go to when the preacher is offended, my goodness, that day you leave home, self-esteem has moved from 100% to 25%. Because he has worked on you. Praise the Lord. He has worked on you. Praise the Lord. He has spoken about your hairstyles, and I don't mean to say matuta, but just to understand that it can be so bad. Praise God. It can be so nasty. The treasures of our heart. Hallelujah. Again, why is God interested in the heart? Because Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and, as it is, and is a design of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the heart has something called thoughts and intents. Praise the Lord. Your heart has thoughts 
your heart as intense, which means your mind is part of the composition of your heart. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Are we together? Your mind is not your brain. Praise the Lord. Your brain. Huh? Your brain. <laughs> Praise God. We talk about the object when we say the mind. We're not talking about just the object called the brain. Praise the Lord. We're talking about your, 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 your inner man, your soul. Praise God. And so the thoughts and the intents within you compose of your heart. And God is interested in your thoughts and your intents. If you're broken, oh my goodness, your thoughts will be broken thoughts and your intents will be broken intentions. That sounds like a good title for a movie. Praise the Lord. So God is interested in your heart. Matthew chapter, 15, uh, uh, chapter 15 is a huge account of what defiles a man comes from the heart. You've had that scripture? I don't need to go to it. You can take it for your record. Genesis 6, 5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So every imagination and, uh, of the thoughts of his heart. So there was imagination and thoughts of a man's heart. And they were evil. So God searches the heart. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 to 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I the Lord search the heart. I try the reins and even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Praise the Lord. That is why God is interested in the heart. And today, as we were reading Psalms 143 verse, Psalms 147 verse 3, the theme, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. It's good for us to understand the biblical usage of that word heart. The word heart is from the Hebrew word lib, which sometimes we call it lib, praise the Lord which refers to the heart, also used figuratively, very widely for feelings, the will, and even intellect. Please write that down. It is used widely for feelings, the will, and even intellect. Likewise, the center of anything. What you care for, what you consent to, praise the Lord. What you are willing to do what you care for what you consent to and what you're willing so it is expressive of the inner man that is the mind will heart and understanding praise the Lord and it denotes the center of all physical and spiritual life the heart center of all your physical and spiritual life it is the seat of your spiritual life praise the Lord I will share some of these notes um, in the whatsapp groups right also to make it easier for you so Isaiah 61 verse 1 says that Jesus came and said that uh, this was the prophecy about Jesus that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek and he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To bind up. To bind up is to put together the heart that is broken. 
he puts it together. When it's broken, he puts it together. Praise the Lord. Now, let's just use a layman expression. What is in the heart? Will, intentions, thoughts, desires, affections, right? So when it's broken into pieces, how many ways do your thoughts go? Woo! Just layman example. If, if your heart is broken in pieces, how, how many directions do your passions go? How many directions do your desires go? How many directions do your appetites go? How many directions do your affections go? And your purposes and endeavors. How many directions do they go if your heart is broken? So many pieces. It's scattered. So you don't have any purpose or meaning in life. People who are broken hearted don't have any purpose or meaning. It's all over the place. Hallelujah. The word break, broken hearted, that word broken is the word shabah, shobah in the Greek. And it means to bust, break, break down into pieces. Crush, destroy, heart, quench, tear. Oh, all those are synonyms. It means that that heart has been torn. That heart has, heart has been quenched. It has been destroyed. It's been hurt. You know, I, I, I usually laugh when I think about a little boy. I hope he doesn't listen. But whenever he goes upstairs and tries to knock on his mother's room, and maybe the mom is in there, shower so she can't hear somebody knocking on the bedroom door he will come downstairs and sit somewhere on the staircase and you will find him crying or sulking and you ask him oh what is wrong and he'll say oh mommy has broken my heart <laughs> praise the lord praise the lord i'm like really <laughs> where did you learn that from oh he's a very expressive young man I remember he said that and Gorbachev was so shocked. Gorbachev didn't know what, what is this guy saying. You know? But you know, for, for him, for him, mommy means the world. And the slightest appearance of rejection means that everything about him is shattered. Praise the Lord. Because that is where he finds his nurturing, his comfort, his love and compassion and the tenderness praise the Lord and I know that there are places you have been expecting compassion love nurturing and tenderness and you have been rejected and it has broken your heart so badly maybe it was people who were supposed to love you and to protect you and they hurt you deeply they broke your heart maybe it was somebody you expected to have a beautiful relationship with and they rejected you and so it broke your heart so badly I want to tell you first and foremost that you are not abnormal it means that you had a heart that was functioning it was operating if you can be rejected and you never felt anything it means that maybe you were not so much invested praise the Lord it hurts because you were brave enough to commit and to give and to expect praise the Lord 
And so that's why God's attitude towards the broken-hearted people is not an attitude of disdain. The Bible says in Psalms 34 verse 18 that the Lord is close to the broken-hearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. He understands it. The Bible says we have a high priest who was tempted in every respect, yet was found without sin. Why was Jesus tempted beyond every respect? Why did he come in the flesh? Because he went through everything that you have gone through in this life. He knows what it means to be rejected. He knows what it means when people turn their faces from him. He knows what it means to be hated, to be hurt, to be wounded. He understands. That is why he's close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And when, when you have a broken heart and a crushed spirit and you go to God, when you go to him, it is a beautiful sacrifice. When you go to him, he, it is a beautiful sacrifice. He's like, he's looking at you. And you know, um, I do rap a bit and I had a very beautiful punchline. I said, I've forgotten that line. Let me try and remember. I used to say this. Please forgive me. I say, in one of the lines I said, selfies never capture the full image. When you have a selfie. Selfies never capture the full image. That's why self never works as the perfect gauge. That's why you need somebody else at the back of the lens. Imagine Father God telling you to smile and pose. What kind of image would he take of you? What kind of image would he paint of you? Perfect love poured on the canvas of a broken heart. A masterpiece. You can call that pure art. Praise the Lord. I still got lines. No, mine's, I have deep lines. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Yeah, when I do the rap album, I will count upon you for your seed. Hallelujah. Anyway, you heard that. Perfect love poured on the canvas of a broken heart. A masterpiece. You can call that pure art. So when you come before God with your broken heart and your crushed spirit, he sees a canvas where he can pour his love and create a masterpiece out of you he didn't come for the well put together I don't know why we struggle to be so well put together I wonder why we struggle to fix everything by ourselves God is like that is the canvas I want that's the canvas I want if you try to bring me a perfect canvas what can I do with it I need that raw raw canvas to work on praise the Lord praise the Lord Jesus and so he's close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. In Psalms 51 verse 17, it says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. God will not despise. Just the way you are, God will not despise that canvas of a broken heart, that contrite spirit. Praise the Lord. He's excited about you. Praise the Lord. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. How does God work on that canvas of a broken heart? Because if we are saying according to Psalms 51 verse 17, my sacrifice, O God, 
is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, God will not despise. So when you bring a broken and contrite heart before God, what does God do to that broken and contrite heart? Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 5 verse 5. When you bring that broken and contrite heart, the Bible says, and hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. If you read it in the King James Version, it says he pours his love into our hearts. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 5 verse 5. If I can read it in the King James Version, it says, this is what God does. It says, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. God is in the business of shedding abroad his love on broken hearts. Tell it to the world. God is in the business of shedding abroad his love on broken hearts. God is in the business of shedding abroad his love on the broken hearts. He pours it richly. He pours it abundantly. He lavishes his love upon that heart that is broken. Praise God. That's what God does with a broken heart. He pours his love into that heart. When Jesus said that he will bind up the brokenhearted, he meant that I will pour my love into that broken heart. The question is, are we willing to open our hearts to him so that he can pour his love into our hearts? There is a saying that I found in a certain book called Fight Like a Man. And it was addressed to men and it said, Man, it's about time that you lay down on the dressing table and remove that armor so that they can operate on the chink or on the wound that is beneath the armor. You may have been dressed up in an armor as a soldier. It's a sign of bravery. But when you're wounded, for you to be healed, the armor has to be removed. The question is, what have you been clothed in that hides the wound that God cannot reach and heal that wound? What armor have you been wearing that hinders that love to reach into the depths of your heart? His solution is beautiful. He gives love to the broken heart. Hallelujah. Jesus is wonderful. He's wonderful. His word says in Colossians 3 verse 14 to 16, Above all, clothe yourselves with love. Clothe yourselves with what? Clothe yourselves with what? It means that you receive the Father's love day by day. You know, the reason why whenever we preach Christ or we preach His grace, people fight us. They think it's giving people the license to sin. Sounds like a good movie, License to Sin. In stores this December, License to Sin. Showing in theaters near you. Something like that, eh? License to Sin. They think that. That's what people think. 
license to sin. And I'm like, wait a minute. People sin without a license. People have sinning. They don't need it. I mean, it just comes naturally. Hmm? Just comes naturally. Praise the Lord. It says, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts. Oh, listen to that. Love, it binds us all together in perfect harmony. And the peace that comes from Christ, it rules your heart. For as members of one body have been called to live in peace and always be thankful, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. In the King James, it says, fill your heart. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your heart. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. So, God pours his love into your heart. How does God pour his love into your heart? By you hearing the message about Christ. The more you hear about Jesus, the more you hear about his love for you, the more you hear about his goodness for you, the more you hear about his abundant grace, love comes into your heart. Love comes into your heart. The more I stand here and I tell you, Jesus loves you. That's why I was telling you when you start praying, don't say, I love you, Jesus. And you're struggling to commit. You want to show your love for him, just say, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Oh, how wonderful his love is for me. How much Jesus cares for me. That if I was the only person in the entire world, he still would have died on the cross for me. My life is worth the life of God. He laid down everything for me. Jesus loves me. And the more you hear about that love, it cures your soul. It is healing to your soul, beloved. Praise the Lord Jesus. His love heals you. I am not placing any demands on you today. Why? Because, for lack of a better word, your heart and soul is broke. Ah, that's deep, eh? Spoken word. Broken hearts, a broke heart. So when you have a broke heart, praise God, you can't deliver nothing because you ain't got nothing. Your heart is broke. Praise the Lord. So what do broke people, what do broke people need? You need a supply. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So when you have a broke heart, and I tell you, can you deliver love? In Kilimani Road, there's somebody there who needs, that's a shop. The believer in need is a shop. Go and deposit some love there or go and supply some love there. Man, you ain't got nothing. You are moody. You are like, this pastor is always calling me, sending me for a mission. I don't want to go. Kwani doesn't know I have issues in my life. Yeah? Because you're broke in your heart. Praise the Lord. But when there's a supply of God's love, then you have something to give. And today, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not about placing demands on impoverished souls. People have been hurt and troubled all their lives and we still place a demand. Love God. You don't love God anymore. You don't. No, no, no. Listen. Jesus loves you. Receive his love and see if you will struggle loving him. You will not struggle loving him. You see, the way we have to teach you rules about serving God. Every morning, you have to come to church early and sweep. Fall in love with Jesus. You'll be the first one to get there without any struggle. Praise the Lord. We have to um, twist you. We have to um, twist you with curses for you to give money. Fall in love with Jesus. You will give effortlessly. Hallelujah. 
So God pours his love into our hearts. And he's a wonderful God. He says, let us be clothed with love. So God is in the business of pouring his love into your heart. And today, he's pouring that love into your heart. He is present here, precious Holy Spirit, pouring that love into your heart. There is that person who comes into your mind and there is pain that you feel. He's pouring love that is greater than all the hatred and anger that you feel toward that person. There are those memories that when they come into your heart, you're scared. He's pouring his love into your heart that is greater than all those memories. There has been the fruit of your lips from the abundance of your heart. There has been a treasure in your heart and the treasure in your heart has been a treasure of pain because it's hidden in your deep compartments. It has been a treasure of bitterness and anger. He's saying, take out that treasure and let me fill that room with my love. Praise the Lord. In your deepest chambers, God today is present. The Bible says he went about doing good, healing all of them that were oppressed with the devil. And even today, he is present, doing good, healing all those that have been wounded in their hearts. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I want us to just rise on our feet right now. I want us to rise on our feet. He healeth the brokenhearted. And his methodology of healing the brokenhearted is pouring his love into your heart. And that is what Jesus is doing today. He loves you. Jesus loves you. Can I have the praise and worship team here? His love is present. His love is present to heal you. His love is present to give you the freedom that you have in Christ Jesus. He healeth the brokenhearted. He's a wonderful God who loves us. Jesus, we thank you and we bless you. Just open your mouth and begin to say, listen, say I receive your love. I want you to just begin to pray that. Say, Lord, I open my heart and I receive your love. I receive it in my heart. And then mention the areas where you're hurting and say, I'm receiving your love in that area. Your love that is greater. Than... Mention that issue and say, I receive your love in that area. Just open your mouth and begin to pray.